The Marching Roundtable is proud to be an official media partner of Drum Corps International. This podcast is sponsored by Envision 3D Drill Design Software, found at box5software.com. Jessie Harrell is a certified nurse, personal trainer, and color guard director who is passionate about how nutrition and fitness help students with success on and off the field. Jessie's approach helps teachers understand how to encourage positive and healthy habits while pushing performers to be their best. I have learned so much about maintaining a healthy body, about sports recovery, about sports nutrition, about injury prevention, about minor injury, I guess, progression, kind of understanding so much about the musculoskeletal body, uh, our body, and some release techniques, some of the certifications that I had pursued gave me a lot of tools in a toolbox that work well for elite athletes. And I had considered for a long time getting involved in working with elite athletes. And then I realized, like, world-class winter guard is as elite as the activity I get gets. This podcast is an excerpt from a live webinar held at marchingartseducation.com, where Courtney Allison Mills talks with Jesse Harrell about the impact that good nutrition can have on rehearsals and performances, injury prevention, and the success of your group. You can watch this entire live webinar at marchingartseducation.com. Jesse Harrell on having more success with better nutrition on the Marching Roundtable. This podcast is brought to you by Envision 3D Drill Design Software, found at box5software.com. Envision 3D Drill Design Software is the only true 3D drill design software available for marching bands, winter guards, indoor percussion groups, and drum corps. If you write drill or design for marching music groups, Envision enables you to plan and execute shows that push the creative boundaries of your show designs. Download your free version at www.box5software.com and see for yourself. How do you begin this? How do you even approach this? I, I completely agree with you in that this is something, you know, that we're we're teaching. We're teaching our kids how to be physical, but are we teaching them how to, you know, take care of their bodies? So how do you even begin it? I'll tell you what, it is such an overwhelming topic. Like I, we could have two semesters on it right here in webinars weekly or twice a week. That's why they have those classes. Um, and if there's any other topics we want to expand on, like the opportunities there are endless. So it, the umbrella field is health, fitness, and nutrition, in my opinion. It's kind of those three topics. And I'm going to start here in a second with nutrition because I think that, um, first of all, that's kind of my specialty. That's uh, I dig that stuff, and that's what helped me the most as a performer this last year. Um, and then fitness, which I would include like injury prevention, strengthening, and what is most relevant to programs as a whole, I'm going to talk about, if we get to it, cardiovascular uh, adaptations and why that's kind of an important thing in uh, programming and in a little bit of how you train your kids. Um, and then the third, health, fitness, nutrition, the health side of it, we'll put it over here, the health side of it, you know, kids, when they get sick, that you're shooting your program in the foot if a kid comes down with strep right before a contest or we've all been through that and what you have to do to adjust to that. Um, so the health side of things, the injury prevention side of things, the injury recovery side of things, 
um, all of that is one big umbrella field of importance for your students and your teams and yourself. And if you're a performer too, um, it's of paramount importance for your program because without any of that, or if all of that is failing, you're not going to have competitive success. There's no room for it. So let's begin with nutrition. <laughs> I would say that any of those topics, there's not any lack of, like, you can dive into any of them at all and already kind of improve what you can provide to your students. So I recommend Google the heck out of some of these things if you have the time for it. And if you don't, call me up and ask me any questions you have because I'm here to help. <laughs> um, this stuff is so valuable to your students as performers and as humans for the rest of their lives. So let's talk nutrition a little bit. Um, I guess I'll start with sort of a, a scientific foundation so that you so that we're speaking the same language and that it makes a little bit more sense. It's really easy to tell the kids, hey, don't eat junk food. It's bad for you. And they're like, I know. And then they eat it anyways because they don't really feel the consequences or it's convenient or they only like that and they don't want to eat a broccoli dish or anything that has anything healthy in it, you know, or it's cheap. There's a lot of reasons that people, everybody knows junk food is bad for you and how many people still eat junk food. So, uh, you know, this is going to blow some minds. I find that there's a place for junk food with performers, too. Like, it can be your biggest asset occasionally, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, there's also other ways to do it, and sometimes those ways aren't ideal or aren't approachable. Like, you can't get there in terms of healthier foods. Um, so let me do my best to do, like, this cartoon overview of nutrition and how it works. So. If nutrition is one big term, I'm going to use some visuals. I wish I had like stickers I could put in the air. But if we're talking about nutrients, then we're going to split that and go into micronutrients and macronutrients. Okay. Micronutrients are the little ones, micro, which have, I would include vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and water. These things that help your body run efficiently, but they don't actually provide energy to the body. They just kind of connect all the dots so that it's work, it's running smoothly um, without interruptions. So those are important, but we're not going to worry about those today. Just take your multivitamin and, and you know eat the right foods, and that'll maybe that'll help. We're going to talk about macronutrients, and in the macronutrient category, there's three nutrients: carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And we've heard of all those things. There's a fourth one called alcohol that is also a macro, but I wouldn't necessarily consider it a nutrient, but it does have some properties that, <laughs> oh, that might be a big debate for some people. We'll just leave that one alone and uh, come back to it if you have questions later. But carbohydrates, proteins, and fats are the nutrients that our body is fueled by and that our body breaks down to operate like to function so you have to have all of these things and all foods are made up of a combo of protein carbohydrates and fats some of them are higher in any particular of those macronutrients than others like chicken breast is not going to be high in carbohydrates i'm not sure there's any carbohydrates in chicken so but a lot of them are combinations right so fats are really important in the body they have a higher um, especially healthy fats, they're better for you, I'll put it that way, but fats in general are, are important for the body. It, back in the older days, people would say, go on a low-fat diet because fat's bad for you. 
but fat is responsible for um, hormone production and for cell walls being built and repaired and um, fat is an important part of your diet for actually functioning so if you have students that think I'm trying to be low fat it's not a healthy way to live and so maybe find out a little bit more about why they're doing that and see if there's another way to come about it without eliminating one of the most vital nutrients for them. The next one is protein. Protein is um, kind of one, of, they're, all three of them are very, very important nutrients. Protein, however, is something that the body, every process in the body that occurs, occurs due to an action of a protein or due to you know a key of protein unlocking a door or you know if we're breathing proteins are involved in that process if we're thinking if we're blinking if we're repairing muscles if we're using muscles if we're digesting everything that we do heart pumping all of that stuff is governed by proteins and if we're not taking in enough protein then our body is going to prioritize just like any other nutrient our body is going to prioritize survival first and use that nutrient there so if a kid's eating a low-protein diet, and you might see this sometimes in vegetarians because it's really hard to get, it's not impossible, it's just hard to get enough protein in when they're vegetarians, um, especially when they're busy kids that don't sit down and eat five meals a day with plenty of nutrients in them. So protein, when you're deficient or just not getting quite enough protein, your body, for example, as an athlete, if you are having rigorous rehearsals and you're doing a lot of new flag work and your arms are sore at the end of the day, that next day they may, or that week, they may feel, or the whole season, a little bit run down because their body, what protein they are taking in is being prioritized for those functions of life. And it's not going to worry about muscle repair. It's like, I'm going to survive tomorrow with weak arms. I don't care about being stronger. I got to make sure my heart's beating, my lungs are working, my brain's working and all of that. So when you see kids that, or hear about kids that are, um, for whatever reason, not eating enough, whether it's intentional restriction or just too busy or like it's been a, lot, a long marching band week and then at the end of the contest day, they've only had one meal, stuff like that, um, it does work against them. So and it's hard with kids because their metabolism is so high, they need more nutrients. So to be honest, sometimes if it's between a drive-through or like if it's a drive-through salad or a drive-through burger for those kids, sometimes a burger is a better option if they're not vegetarian because it's going to give them a better nutrient boost, even though there's other chemicals that their bodies have to deal with and maybe trans fats and um, bad things that don't do anything positive for the body and if anything maybe hold them back in other ways but they're getting a higher protein intake so you got to consider what consequences are more valuable and what consequences are going to hold them back enough that they need to make a better decision um, so that's my little spiel on protein and I wanted to save carbohydrates for last because as athletes I find it to be and I found this a lot last year this was kind of my experiment on myself to be the macronutrient that uh, made or broke, it would make or break my rehearsal and my week and my teaching class or rehearsal the next day. Because, um, so carbohydrates, under this term, you, it, carbohydrates are uh, the molecules of food that have carbon and hydrogen in their molecular structure. And so there's not just, when you hear about carbohydrates, you think about bread and pasta, and carbs, what aren't bad things, right? 
but it also includes fiber. So broccoli is a carb and carrots are a carb and uh, Brussels sprouts are a carb. They're just not the sugary, starchy kind of carbs. So anything that is sugary, ice cream, all that stuff, it has protein in it, it has fats in it, but there's a lot of sugar in it, of course. All that pasta stuff, um, potatoes, that stuff is starch based and it breaks down molecularly in your bloodstream into sugar, breaks apart into sugar in your bloodstream. So all those carbs, you have what might be considered by some to be good carbs or bad carbs. Excuse me, they have their place um, in healthy or at least in elite athlete nutrition. Let me pause and talk about elite athletes for a second. There were rumors when, uh, I think it was Michael Phelps was in the Olympics that he was being woken up at like three in the morning to eat a pizza or a burger or something completely saturated in calories, like massive amounts of food because at the high rate that he was practicing and performing and uh, training, he wasn't able to maintain the intake that was needed to support the muscle mass to stay on his body and give him enough energy for his training and you know his bodily life functions at the baseline level so sometimes there is a place for junk food and i say that because even olympic athletes can recognize and um, power lifters and all these elite athletes junk food isn't necessarily the biggest enemy in the world now if you're trying to lose weight you just have to prioritize what you're getting at and when it comes to performance in terms of sports performance working out then performance might have to be prioritized over your weight loss or over some of those other goals. But performance is going to fuel differently than some of those other planned fueling ways. Yeah. Yeah. So like this is big because I don't know that any, that everybody in our activity looks at, I think because we're in such this place of like body awareness and what we look like, I don't necessarily know if we're focusing on the wrong thing, because I think that what you're saying is you're telling us that, oh my gosh, like you need food to be able to be great. When a lot of times it's, hey, watch what you're eating. And watch what you're eating, but you need to eat in order to be great. Totally. I have had, uh, I've had clients that deal with eating disorders. I've had more than one. I've had, I've had several. And these are clients that I am trying to train at a physical strength building or muscle building level. And of course, they were interested in fat loss because who isn't? Um, but at the end of the day, sometimes if it was an active eating disorder as opposed to one in the past, um, they would struggle with the concept of eating enough food to fuel them for the rehearsal or for the workout. And I would, I would see these people, these clients coming in, unable to lift lighter weights than they had lifted two weeks ago because the fueling that they had done was so inadequate. And it was inadequate because they feared putting on a pound or two. And um, ironically, what that does when you put yourself in such a deficit for a long time, a long period of time, I'm talking more than a few weeks. But sometimes it can start at like a few weeks, probably a little bit more than that. Your body adapts to that and it's like, oh no, she, she never gets any food. Uh, I should probably slow everything down, hold off on the metabolism. It's like when you're broke 
and you, you can't pay all your bills. So you got to pay the rent and you should probably pay the electricity, but the cable can go for a while. We're not going to worry about cable. We're not going to worry about, uh, well, Wi-Fi is important, but I don't need that landline. Let's cut that, you know, dish TV, no, thank you, stuff like that. So your body does that too. When you're only getting a certain amount of income nutritionally, then your body is going to pause things that are less important. Your you're, you'll notice like when your blood sugar is low and you don't think straight very well or you're hangry and you're cranky at somebody like that's your body kind of well hangry that's that might be a whole different thing but in some ways when you're not eating enough that's your body slowing down so that it doesn't have to do that extra work because you're in a famine according to what your body perceives. Now, when it perceives that and it slows those things down, that means that it's like, oh my gosh, you ate a meal, you got some extra food, we're gonna store that for later. So you start, it takes more energy for your body to maintain muscle mass than it does for it to maintain fat. So it's gonna compromise the muscle mass first and hold on to the fat. And in the fitness world, there's a term, it's not a very pretty term, but they call it skinny fat sometimes when you have put yourself at such a deficit for so long. And it doesn't have to be massive, but enough of a deficit for a period of time that your body's like, I can't afford this muscle mass anymore. We'll let it go. We'll break it down for energy. We're going to hold on to the fat stores because those are just like storage units. They don't cost as much as this expensive muscle. And uh, you know what? While we're at it, if she had an extra, oh, she went out to Cheesecake Factory or some, you know, big yummy meal, and we're going to store as much as we can that night for the next week in case something goes wrong. So in fact, when you uh, when you put yourself at a constant deficit, you're promoting weight gain or weight maintenance more than weight loss. And the weight loss that you're doing long term is more in the muscle mass than in the fat, which is really frustrating for anybody trying to lose fat. So um, you, my students laugh at me because I am eating all the time, <laughs> but I am fortunate that I'm, I, I guess I grew past the body image issues I used to have and I don't fear gaining a few pounds. And so sometimes I'm like, whatever, I'm going to risk it. Yeah. Give me the ice cream and I'll have a little bit extra. And I've been pleasantly surprised so many times that I didn't gain weight. Now, I will also say I don't live on burgers, fries, pizza, and ice cream, although I do have them in moderation, but that's not my home base. You know, so they they have their place. Starvation, on the other hand, even if it's mild or even if it's, you know, situational, like you're busy at contest all day. I skipped breakfast. I had a little protein bar. Then we got, you know, some box lunch for dinner and I had that for dinner and then I get home and I'm tired and, and I eat nothing or I eat an entire gallon of ice cream because I'm hungry and I'm cranky or whatever. Like your body doesn't respond well to that for a lot of reasons, even though it's starvation. So I know we're so worried about our body image. Then you have to be concerned. Um, my best advice to somebody who would be really focused on performance nutrition, but really concerned about dropping down, especially a significant amount of weight, is to focus on your quality of intake of food. So like if you are, you know, I wouldn't say drop your volume of intake. Portion control is a problem if you're eating bad food. If you're eating grilled chicken and maybe some black beans on the side and a sweet potato, like it's hard to gain a lot of or avocado on the, you know, for a little side there too like that's a that could be a full plate of food if you're eating full plates of food like that three to five times a day like we should then you're gonna be you're gonna have a hard time gaining weight on that you're gonna have a hard time maintaining weight if you have a significant amount or a moderate amount of weight to lose 
even if you're full all day long because you're eating good for you stuff, having a smoothie with like fruits and, you know, milk or whatever's in it. Um, so volume is not the problem. Quality is the problem. And, you know, ironically, a lot of these processed fast foods we eat, they're because they're processed, they're already half broken down. So you throw them back and then you're hungry again pretty quickly because they're already half broken down when they've gotten to you, as opposed to some of those whole foods that I mentioned. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a lot. I mean, no, it's a lot, but I feel like it's so helpful because I feel, I feel so much so specifically in the color guard activity, there's such body image issues and I feel like people do starve themselves. I remember when I marched, oh, yeah. I remember the same things where instead of saying, man, I need this food to be fuel, I, I just went without eating. Because I was like, oh, I really want to look good in my uniform, you know? Like Absolutely. And the thing about that is, whew, and I got to experience it this season, and I kind of uh, just interrupted myself talking about carbohydrates and how much they affected me this past marching season. But um, if you are low carb and you try to have a rehearsal that's going to be physical or a contest day, man, carbohydrates break down into things that store as energy in your muscle cells. And if you don't store that energy, that's why you hear about runners or racers or Olympic athletes or regular athletes carving up the night before, um, because those carbohydrates break down into glucose, goes into your muscle cells, stored as glycogen, whatever, who cares? But basically that fills your muscle cell gas tanks. If you don't fill your gas tanks before an event, you're running on empty and you'll hit a wall. And um, it was fun for me to play around with that some this season and play with different kinds of diets. Like I've, I've learned a lot about all the various types, the keto diet that I, I can see benefits to, and I can really see negative, negative to like everything has its merits and it also doesn't all line up with maybe our priorities as a performer and as an athlete. So like for me to go low carb on a weekend, was like a rehearsal suicide because I could feel the wall hit. Or when I have a client, this is a fun little tidbit. When I have a client come in for a workout, they're an hour long for our sessions and they will hit. If they told me that they didn't eat breakfast, which none of them forget to do anymore because it's a problem when it happens because they hit a wall at minute 30 to 35, maybe it's 32 minutes into the session. It's always right there in that little window. So if you're a performer or you're a student or you have students and you start a class, for example, or a rehearsal in the evening and you notice about 45 minutes in that like they're checked out and I've told them this three times and they keep missing instructions, they probably haven't eaten in a while. We deal with that with after school rehearsals. And so my band director has me speak to the kids in summer band about not only the importance of eating before a rehearsal, because a lot of kids don't like to do that, especially if it's a morning rehearsal, um, but eating these kinds of foods versus these kinds of foods, this is going to burn off really quickly. If you're eating a donut and then you go to rehearsal or a glass of orange juice and then you go to rehearsal, like, good, I'm really, that's better than nothing. But then it burns off so fast that you're going to hit that wall, maybe a little bit later, but you're going to hit it anyway. Um, I totally get thinking I need to not eat today or I need to not eat right now because my costume doesn't look the way it's supposed to. But think about this. You hit that wall <clears throat> as a world-class performer. We might have an eight-hour rehearsal, a 10-hour rehearsal, a 12-hour rehearsal, whatever. You may have a four-hour rehearsal after a long, full Friday if we have a Friday night. So, And some of the kids who have, you know, 
evening rehearsals that go till nine o'clock at night. They've been at school since their parent dropped them off at seven or something in the morning. If you're not eating enough because of situational or because of intentional, I gotta fit in my costume, I can't afford this meal for my body type, then you are putting yourself at a disadvantage as an elite athlete, as a performer of any kind. You are holding your skill set back because you're gonna you're you're on empty. A car isn't a very good analogy for this because a car either drives or it doesn't. Right. <laughs> like our bodies are still gonna move, but your accuracy is gonna suck. And when you're in color guard, like you need to be accurate. You need to place properly. You need to have quick reflexes. You need to be able to sprint across the floor, reset, sprint again. Um, and if it's a physical show, you can cause injury by not preparing your body that well. And I've known performers with eating disorders and I, I understand that struggle and it's really hard to wrap your brain around, but food is my friend. Like, no, it's not, get it away from me. But then there is an escape in the quality of the food. I would promote, you know what, have a piece of fruit before a rehearsal, if nothing else. A piece of fruit is not gonna make you bust out of your uniform. You're gonna be all right. Um, for the people that really struggle with that. And I know that even, even just a piece of fruit is still a hurdle to get over if that's something that you struggle with. However, you are holding yourself back and at that rate you're holding your team back because again, like I touched on before, you can have athletic performance or you can focus on weight loss and they don't always go hand in, in hand. But the irony is if you're focusing on your athletic performance and you're fueling your body and you're at risk of gaining a little bit of weight, like three pounds, oh no, or something like that, which can sound scary if you're so concerned about your uniform. But you know what? This person that is eating at that level is building muscle. And then when you're off on your, you know, sitting around couch or sleeping or whatever, that muscle burns your metabolism higher so that you have a better opportunity to burn fat sitting around chilling doing nothing like that's how our metabolism works whereas if you're starting all the time and then you go to an active rehearsal and your body is freaked out like oh what do i prioritize breathing or thinking or contracting these muscles we'll get rid of some of these muscles you get sloppier in rehearsal you lose some muscle mass you go home your body is promoted for fat storage and it doesn't do you any favors you can hear the entire hour-long conversation with Jesse Harrell at MarchingArtsEducation.com. Just go to MarchingArtsEducation.com and click on ColorGuard EDU. Watch for more discussions and information about this topic on upcoming podcasts and webinars at the Marching Roundtable and at MarchingArtsEducation.com. You asked for it, and now we're providing a membership option at Marching Arts Education, where you can sign up you and your entire staff and get complete access to all the live webinars, videos, podcast archives, and discounts on coursework. Become a member of Marching Arts Education and get exclusive benefits and complete access. Perfect, easy, professional development for you and your staff. Trusted content in one location. Many directors are using school funds for these valuable resources. We give you access to the top marching arts professionals, allowing you to interact and ask questions during live webinars. Only Marching Arts Education allows you to speak directly and get advice for your own situation from the experts. Go to MarchingArtsEducation.com and click on Membership to find out more and sign up. Follow the Marching Roundtable and Marching Arts Education on social media to keep up with upcoming podcasts and guests, upcoming webinars, and for constant coverage of all topics in the marching arts. This includes the new Marching Roundtable Facebook group, which we hope you'll join and join in the conversation. 
and sign up for our newsletter to be told about all this upcoming information when it's going to be released. Thanks again to the sponsor of this podcast, Envision 3D Drill Design Software, found at box5software.com. This is your host, Tim Hinton. I've been writing marching band arrangements and helping to create and design entertaining, educational, and competitively successful shows for over 25 years. See all the services I can offer to help you and your group at timhinton.com. The Marching Roundtable now has over 1,000 VIP members, listeners, and fans who are following our podcast closely. If you or your company sponsor one of our podcasts, you'll have the ears of these listeners and many more like them who download thousands of podcasts each month, hearing your sponsor message. These listeners also could see your ad on every page of our website, plus see your company name and a link to your website on our bi-weekly newsletter or where our podcasts are located. Find out more by clicking on Sponsorship Opportunities at our website at marchingroundtable.com or contact Tim at tim at marchingroundtable.com. Our listeners are the exact audience you're trying to reach.